previously on Funny Science Fiction. And I was just like, yeah, no big deal. And so, like, this conversation you have with people, oh, what did you do today? Oh, I just got hung from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeremy Roberts, and welcome to Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast that would like to remind you that Soylent Green does not taste great, it's not less filling, and that it's most definitely made of people. That's right, Soylent Green is people. Remember that, folks. All right, ladies and gents, boys and girls, guys and germs, our guest today is an actor who's been in many of the movies and television shows that you have watched, enjoyed, and even loved over the years in various forms of pop culture. You may know him best for his roles in Star Trek, The Mask, CSI, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I could literally keep going on and on and on. <laughs> Jeremy Roberts has a very extensive list of of things that he's been in. So, hey, let's welcome Jeremy Roberts to the show. Welcome, Jeremy. Hello. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you. So, typically, we are uh, we're, you know we're a, a science fiction show, and we like to be funny and silly and talk about sci fi. But the first thing I need to talk to you about, because it's completely non-sci-fi related, <laughs> and you were in one of my all-time favorite movies, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I could watch that any time of the year. It's not, in my opinion, yes, I know it's a Christmas movie, but it's not a Christmas movie as far as I'm concerned. It's a Tuesday movie. It's a Tuesday movie, a Wednesday movie, a Thursday <laughs> movie. I can watch it any day of the week. Now, in that movie, you're one of the uh, SWAT officers who invades the Griswold home uh, towards the end of the movie. And now I have an absolute ton of questions about Chevy Chase, but that's another topic for another time. And uh, we can address those later. However, I am wondering if you could talk about your time on set and if you have any funny stories or bloopers from that time that you're able or willing to share, because, well, we just love stories. Uh, no, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> like you get up, All right. Next question. question goes, no, I got nothing. No, uh, let's see. Uh, well, it was amazing because it was the first thing I first movie, and it, I was I couldn't believe that I was going to be in a uh, National Lampoon, and uh, not only that, a Christmas movie, which meant it was going to be on forever, unless it stunk, and even then it'll probably air forever, and it mm-hmm. and it has it's, it's magnificent. Um. I do remember when uh, when I first started in acting, I didn't know if I was going to get any jobs. You never know. So I thought it better if, if I ever get one, uh, I'll go out to one of these uh, Hollywood shops and, and pick eight by ten of that person who's in the show, and I'll have them sign it so that you know if I only get one job in my career, I will at least have that photo, like some of these up here. They'll say yes, I did. I was an actor once, and I went to a shop and I got. Um, Oh my gosh, her name, uh, Chevy Chase's wife, oh, bad D'Angelo. coming up. Beverly D'Angelo, oh gosh, she was so, so, anyway, I happened to pick one where she was in a pool with nothing on, like, from sheer down, you didn't see it, but you knew, and I brought her to her after the first day, and, and she got all livid in my face about, where did you get this? What? How do you have this kind of photo of me? And I'm like, I got it at a, a cinema shop, so I'm sorry, and all of a sudden, I'm never going to work again. <laughs> but she signed it, so that was nice. Uh, that was not a good start. I, I had a, a problem during it when all the group of us, all the SWAT team had come into the place. Uh, all of a sudden, there's one of the extras. He was a, a stuntman. I don't know what he had with uh, I don't know what he was, but he, he during the shot, he kept popping my head. And I can't you know, break character and, and, you know, slug him. So after every take, I'm trying to say, turn around and talk to who the heck. He kept doing it. till finally we ended up outside at the, at the end with a group around it. And he's, he's coming at me. He's like five foot five. I don't know how he was a stuntman, but yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. He, he was going to fight. I'm going, this is my first movie and I'm going to be in a, a fisticuffs with a stuntman. This is, this it, it ended up. I ended up diffusing the whole situation and making jokes and laughing about it because I just didn't want to, you know, pound smaller person. <laughs> I'm not the kind of person, but he kept doing this to him. Like, what are you doing? What was the point of this? You're interrupting a 
multi-million dollar movie with, you know, anyway. That was one of the two instances that I remember. There is a Chevy Chase thing that, but I got to be friends, oddly enough, with Chevy Chase because I'd heard, you know, he's hard to work with, but he, somehow we were talking uh, and he, he ends up being a fan of that golf game you play, Xbox or whatever it was back then. Mm-hmm. And he invited me into his trailer. I'm going, oh my God, Saturday Night Live. This is, I can't believe I'm in here playing, I'm playing a little golf game with the star. This is right. just a dream, you know. Oh, he's making it easy on me. I'm laughing and I'm going, gosh, I'm making the funniest guy I've ever, you know, in Saturday Night Live. I'm, I'm making him laugh. This is, this is incredible. And I said, you know, the part I started, I, I don't know what made me think this, but when I come in, the line, when I burst in with my SWAT team, the line is freeze, and then everybody there freeze, except us. But, you know, his family was it. That's the line, freeze. And I said, you know, funny, I was just joking. I didn't think, it, you know. If when I run in and I yell freeze, all the SWAT team members that are coming down the banisters and everything, they all, you know, freeze. <laughs> and then I, I yelled, not you, them, them. And he laughs, and he goes, that's, and I, you know, that's, that's about all I thought of it. You know, you know, then we finish the lunch and go outside, and we're going to be shooting this. And he decides to tell uh, Jeremiah Chechik, was the director, decided to tell him my idea. And I went, oh, I'm never going to work again if this, oh. He <laughs> says, what is it? He, we showed him. He said, "Yeah, yeah, okay, but I don't know. I don't think he, I don't think it's funnier." And he, Chevy goes, "No, it's funny. It's funny, and it's in." And and I, uh, oh, I went. I won't ever work for this director again because <laughs> he turned and he. This was your idea. Good, okay. And they put it in. I couldn't believe it. I added a line or so, but I never did work for nice. him again. If that was the reason. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was nice of him to let me give an idea. You don't normally come into a show and start rewriting. Uh, uh, who no, was it? No. Somebody big wrote that too. Uh, a famous writer of the eighties. I can't remember. Anyway, I'd have to look that up. So, I don't remember right off the top of my head. It's been so long since I've. He seen did all those eighties favorites, like Breakfast Club and. Christopher Columbus, that's pretty deep. I want to say it was Columbus, but I'm not sure. Discover America. I don't know. John Hughes. Yeah. So, yeah Hughes. Oh, no, that's it. It was a Hughes. Yeah, John Hughes wrote the screenplay. Planes, trains. Yeah. Yeah, I'd look it up. I also got to change a, uh, a line of Neil Simon. That's something <laughs> else. There's nothing Star Trek related. I, I did a marrying man uh, with... Uh, Armand Asante, and, and I made a suggestion there about a line, and it got in. They brought in Neil Simon from his bungalow. I couldn't believe it. Neil Simon came in, and the director says he's got an idea for a ch-. And they said, do it. I did it. The line is, was accepted, and Neil Simon, it's better. And he walked away, and I went, oh, God, I wrote Neil Simon. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a writer. I think, but actor, father, writer. Hey, those well, are some good. big titles. They like me. They really, really like me. <laughs> yeah. So looking through yeah. your IMDb, you've got over 200 co-star and guest roles over the span of your career. And some of your shows are some of my favorite shows. I love Diagnosis Murder, Doogie Hauser, Crossing Jordan, and there's so many more. But Doogie. Like, I, <laughs> yes, Doogie Hauser. I love that show. But like Tim had said, being a sci-fi show, we're definitely more interested in your work in like the Star the Star Trek universe. We had the pleasure earlier this year of interviewing Robin Curtis, who was Lieutenant Savick in Star Trek three and four, and she said, shared some of her experiences working with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. And you were in six Star Star Trek six, the Undiscovered Country, with both of those men. So how was your experience working with them? And most importantly, did you find the line? In Shatner's toupee? No, I, I, I wouldn't even have looked. I mean, uh, <laughs> even if I did. <laughs> What's that? 
I, uh, I didn't get to work with either one of them. Oh, obviously in Star Trek, Star Trek six, six, they're, they're just, uh, they're the story. We were not, so I, I didn't get to have any conversations. And the only thing I, uh, it was the first day they came on the set. We were on the set shooting our scenes and all of a sudden they put a stop and everybody stops the crew and in walks. <laughs> it's almost like out of that, the doors open and the sun shines through and oh <laughs> Jesus lights from the clouds as <laughs> they walk through this mist. It's uh, Kirk and uh, Nimoy in their full garb and they've been there this day because they have to go in on the set and they take shots of you in your uh, your wardrobe, see if everything is correct, if it looks right with the camera. So you go on and you do this and they they walk on. And it's silence. It's like a cardinal from somebody religious walked in. Uh, even the crew, they're hanging from the rafters, setting lights. Are you know? I'm looking around. And I can see them all, like they'd never seen him before. Or he, <laughs> yeah, it was just. I get chills. I get chills. Oh, there it is. Of that feeling <laughs> we got when I saw them. But I remember back when I was a kid. I was a kid when that started. You know, uh, I think a couple of weeks from being twelve. And I was, a, I'm a huge uh, sci-fi freak. Heinlein, uh, I've read it, or Lord yeah. of the Rings. I was just mm-hmm. nuts for that stuff. So I watched that series. That was my favorite thing, you know, the original. And then here they come walking in. I, I, I did, I was, I couldn't speak. Nobody could. It, it's weird. It's just because of because of what that Star Trek had done over the last thirty years. It's what it's becoming. What it's still going to be, continually right. be, but and it, none of it mattered that oh he was a terrible actor that people thought or da 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 da. You just didn't see it. I became twelve again, and I was just that's Captain Kirk, and that's his science officer. Like I'm Sulu's. <laughs> that was great. I said, no, that just means great things. I mean, what can I be? But I'll be on my own show one day. But what ended up happening is I realized out of 100 or 200 you mentioned roles, everybody that ever worked with me has become famous. <laughs> huh? I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't you know are the famous possible. But I, <laughs> that's right. If I come near you, you'll make it. So maybe that'll work so now for I'm our just show to too. Meet mine. This oh, is this is what we needed for so. our show then too. Right. We needed your your fame whisperer to to bring fame to us too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put my hand up on you, boy. Well, actually, I would wouldn't I? Place my hand on you. Now that is the correct way, right? Or is that yes. the way? Live long and prosper. Maybe it is thumbing. I was uh, chastised for doing it wrong. I don't know. I think I did it this way once because I had to explain to them I needed this thumb to help these two stay apart. (laughs) There it goes. You're asking a Star Wars. I don't know how that was. That that was a painful thing. Yeah. Oh, that was. So it was their entrance. It was the only thing. There was a period earlier where I was at a friend's house and they were. It was. A branch area, and he was, we were looking down the mountain at the end of their property, and he was showing me the, this mountain, and get down to these horses in this corral, and he's, oh, and that's uh, Shatner, William Shatner lives right down there, and of course I'm like, you know, trying to trying to see him, is he down there, you know, never realizing that I was going to be meeting him one day, but I still, all we did was meet him, you know, how do you do, and then you stumble over your words. And it's weird. It was a weird thing you figure you do when you see De Niro or meet Robert Duvall or some great actor. Sure. It's, that's weird. Weird. That made me a nerd. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I mean, yeah. Like I said, you, he was an icon in Hollywood. How could you not? Yeah. I mean, what, what, what he did a Boston, was that series? Boston Legal. He was a mm-hmm. lawyer. Yeah, never. We never really got into it. I saw a couple of them, and he was really good. Though. Well, great. Let's, let's get rid of that. He stank. 
in, in Star Trek. He's great. Absolutely. is one of my husband's favorite. <laughs> so you've been a steady working actor, uh, according to IMDb, since 1987. You started off with a show called Hooperman, and you were a robber in that show. <laughs> so we're... Were you fresh to the industry, like fresh off the apple cart with that, with that, or did you have some, like a resume of commercials and, uh, you know, like community plays, you know, uh, Broadway style things or, or things along those lines before that? Uh, not just uh, theater. Some theater. I had, okay. Um, went to the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. They. Uh, they audition thousands all over the country, and they take 40, and then they cut that in half the second year and only take 20. And third year, four of us got the company. And then from there, I went on to a theater around the country. Shakespeare, was, my, my goal was to end up being in every Shakespeare, but that didn't happen. Came had about half of them or more. but And Annette Benning and I were the graduating class. And two other, oh, wow. uh, Harold, a friend of mine, and uh, but Annette was there with us. I had a huge crush on Annette Benning. We had done the Seagull together, checkoff play, and anyway, I'd done a lot of theater. And then I uh, paid my SAG dues, which at the time were two hundred dollars. I think they're twenty eight hundred now. Twenty eight hundred to join SAG, amazing. That's so SAG, and then I said, well, let's go to Hollywood if they care. And uh, I got an agent right off the bat, shocked. And within a week or so, they had me reading The Rest is History. There you go. Okay. I did enjoy robbing uh, John Ritter. He was a very nice, a wonderful man, very nice man. <laughs> so it was very giving in it because I was scared out of my mind. You know, please let me not stink. Let me just be a good actor. <laughs> That's why I can't really watch myself. Every time I see myself, I, 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 I go, oh, man, you, gosh, did you learn nothing? You stink. So I realized I, ha- I don't have a good objective opinion. Figure if they're going to keep hiring me, then uh, got to have something. But it was the first, and then it just. Yeah, I can appreciate that because I have a hard time listening to myself. No, that also when I was younger, I said, oh, you record it when you're a kid, you got a little tape recorder. Oh, I sound, oh, who'd listen to that guy? Oh, and when I was a kid, I couldn't walk into a room if there were any more than three or four people at a party without having to get out because I was deadly shy. Mm. I mean, this this year is just happening because of 30 years of being on stage or, you know, TV. Fair enough. Normally, I couldn't speak. Oh, and if there's a girl like Kathleen, I couldn't even speak with her. <laughs> <laughs> but I got I like over to that. say I have that effect on people anyway. <laughs> you have a good voice. Thank you. Oh, you do too, Tim. Well, thank you kindly. Appreciate that. <laughs> I was thinking of doing that, but it's a hard thing to get into. It's hard to get into voiceovers. It's such a click kind of place. They don't let too many people into it. But I'd love to be doing uh, animated voices. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you'd have a good voice for it. I think you'd be easy to listen to. Do audiobooks. Audiobooks would be fun. Oh, there you go. Oh, right. Yeah, that might be fun. You know, especially if you can get... I've been, you I've, I've been out and, of it for 10, 12 years now. So. Yeah, but if you could go back and read some of the... Uh, maybe, you know, try and get into reading some of the old sci-fi classics that you that you read years ago. You know, that might be kind of fun. Go back oh, and right. add voices to, you know, characters in Lord of the Rings. How cool would that be? Oh, Lord of the Rings. Funny. I was in in New Zealand shooting Hercules at the time. Hercules and Zena. Okay. I did a couple of those. on, And I was shooting, and my agent hadn't been able to get me an audition to uh, Lord of the Rings when it was first to Peter Jackson down in Wellington in New Zealand. I don't know how. I have My wife, she starts getting on the phone. She's a phone kind of person. Mm-hmm. She's got the voice. And next thing you know, I'm getting a call in uh, in uh, Auckland. She said, I got it. I got through. 
to the assistant at, at blah, 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 Jackson's. I said that you were shooting Hercules up in uh, Auckland, and they said they'll fly me down right away. They flew me down when I had a moment, and I got to audition for Philip Jackson. <laughs> but the problem was I, I, I ended up reading for um, I, uh, Arag- Aragorn Vito okay. Morganson's, the lead. You know, the most handsome guy in the world at the time, his hair. And I went, it's yeah. not something. I, I, yeah. I'm not going to beat this guy out. He's just not going to. I didn't right? get into it. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, she became my manager from then on. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah, if she can get you, if she can, get, even the fact that she got you in for an audition is amazing. So. But I think you could have pulled well, off a Gimli pretty well. I tell her now, I said, cool since Gimli. I've been out. Oh, yeah. That was the guys, how they did all that. You know, when you can make people look, they're six foot tall. Yeah, it was just, it was amazing. Yeah. CGI, incredible. Mm-hmm. So we've but talked a little bit. that was a bummer bit. story. I didn't get in. <laughs> It's okay. You got to audition, and Still a cool who, story. who else gets to say I lost a role to Vigo Mortensen? Right. That's a pretty cool story. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been others so, that lost it too, but <laughs> well, maybe. But your story's cooler. My wife is always my wife is always saying stuff. I don't understand what your what was your agent thinking? You know, once they got me into it as a bad guy, my my agent was a. Known for if you need a guest star, go to this agency, the Gage Group. They have mm-hmm. everyone who's anyone. I was like, oh great, then I'm in the right place. But once they saw that I was a bad guy, that's where I went, and they never, uh, and I didn't care because I was getting work. As long as I kept getting a job every month or two, I said, what's why do I have to promote myself for why for what to be a to be a star? I had no interest in being a star. I wanted to be. Uh, Ward Bond. I mean, I, I'm probably aging myself, but Ward Bond was in all of John Wayne's films. Every mm-hmm. character actor uh, played the horror films, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. and all these. I didn't need anyone to be, you know, unable. I went to a, uh, I went to a cast party once for Pink Cadillac, Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. and he wasn't there. And they explained to me that he decided he just can't go to any of these parties anymore because wherever they have them. The world comes in and just inundates, and they take over because oh, please, what? And then he couldn't help, so he, he he couldn't show up. Which was unfortunate. I wanted to meet him, but um, I don't know what to have to do with. See, I get off. <laughs> it's because I'm 67 now. I think. <laughs> it's okay. We like tangents. Tangents are good. Tangents are fun. So we've already talked about your work on Star Trek Six a little bit, but you also made guest appearances on Deep Space Nine and on Voyager. So. As you've already said that you're you were a Star Trek fan, do you have a favorite experience from being on one of those sets? Other than obviously watching Kirk and Spock walk in is like the highlight. But oh, is, there, is there a close second? I mean, that would actually wouldn't that be it would be some sort of a a skit in SNL where the entire crew just Kirk. I mean, they just it was amazing. Yeah, I would not. Uh, that one beats all. This the silence and the reverence for some <laughs> an actor or two, but I I did have a I did have one Space Nine that was not quite. It was just fun, funny. We like funny. Everyone else, funny. we were shooting. Well, funny to everyone. I didn't. I I, I didn't. I, I saw the humor in it later, but. Wasn't at the time. I, uh, we were. It was at 90, 90 degrees in Hollywood, and we'd shot a day. And you know, people weren't passing out, but they could tell with that makeup you're having to wear. It's, it's going to have a problem. Someone might. And I, I came in ill the second or third day, and we'd shot some things. And I just, I had to explain to them. I think I've got the flu or something because I, uh, every moment I feel like I'm going to pearl. And so they had attached a, like a, a zipper up the back of my head so that if it ever got so bad that I had to, because there's not a lot of exit space on it. 
on these costumes when you have it over your head. And inevitably, uh, I felt that moment during the shot. And I, I, I told them quickly, they ran over, they unzipped it, and they took it off, and I hurled off the stage. And, okay. Ah, pleasant. Good stuff to tell fans. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said, we just can't put you back in it. We can't put you back in that. You, this is we can't. The, the insurance alone wouldn't allow us to keep put back in it. So the guy who's sitting next to me for five hours every day putting this makeup on because he's a stand-in, they gave him the part, the rest of it, or they figured out something. He got his SAG card. So I I I've never gotten a thank you for that. Ah, <laughs> and being in the show. He became famous because he got to get into the show. He got to actually act. But I have not. I've watched it a number of times lately because I, uh, I don't remember when it first came out because I obviously didn't watch. But then I thought, I, I guess I could watch because I have that makeup on. I always look better with makeup, <laughs> especially with horns and whatever. Um, but I looked at it, and I can't seem to figure out where I am in it. I mean, there's one place where a Jemadar is shot by a, a device. One of them is carrying, and he says when he walks by a table, one of them says, what's this? And I, I go, I think that's me. I can hear my voice. Because everybody, all the Jemadars were doing something like this. They were talking like, this is how they have to be. Like bad guys a lot of the time. I think it's because they don't really know what they're doing when they talk like this. Bad guys, because they're Eh, you're just whispering because you don't really know what you're saying. But they did this gravelly, and, I, and it didn't come out when I said it. Or I think that was me. What's this? It sounded like me. And then the next thing you know, it fires, and it shoots a guy in the ground. And he gives a speech about, this is our role to die for whatever the call. I went, wait a minute. That, that I think, is my lines. Or maybe he got that. And I looked at him, and you could see the skin underneath and around his eye. He was, a, he was a black guy, uh, African-American. So I knew that was him. But to this day, I still can't figure out. I mean, I know I'm not the lead who does all the talking, but I'm not sure where they put me in it. Although I'm right <laughs> up there in the front when you see the, the credits, I'm like you're expecting to see me, but I don't think huh. you can ever tell. So... But it That's was an experience, but then it ended up good because he got to have a line, he got to become an actor, and I, I didn't have to go through five hours of makeup every day anymore. There you go. I didn't like being sick. But it becomes a, a fun story when you're doing a podcast 30 years later. <laughs> it just happens to be the 25th and the 30th anniversary of them, isn't it? Yeah. 25 years for uh, Voyager and 30 for Star Trek. Yeah. Oddly enough. Yeah. So one of the things I like to ask our, our guests, Jeremy, uh, especially guys who are working actors who uh, are kind of like chameleons, you know, guys like you who can can fit into a variety of different roles um, and they take on all these different challenging roles, whether it's in makeup or out of makeup. Um, so out of all the roles that you've done, which role did you find to be the most challenging was it a physical toll, a mental toll, emotional toll? Which one really took a lot out of you? Well, with these parts I have, uh, I hate to, it's, it's not, okay, what's the saying? There's no small parts, only small actors. Mm-hmm. It's like there are no small parts, only small publicity agents, really. I... Uh, um, they were they were minor guest stars, you know. Like, I like to think of them as a guest star that's the lead. I'm kind of a like a little smaller. Like a, a friend of mine, his name is Richard Reilly. You may not know him, but he's done over 350 guest stars. Oh wow! The guy is in everything, everything, and and, yeah. and it's I think well, now that's a star. That's somebody that this is not big enough for me to that it's going to affect me. Like I had friends that did uh, the accused. I think it was a Jodie Foster about Mm -hmm. a a rape scene in uh, a bar. They had to go through psychological, they went to psychiatrists because it was making them 
like post-traumatic stress because they had to do this horrible movie. She laughed after every scene, but they, they had problems for a while. And that's that kind of, I didn't ever have anything in any role that was so demanding that I had to maintain like a bad guy for that time. You're sitting in your trailer. Like some actors, they're constantly that bad guy while they wait. They don't become the actor they are. They go, they stay that guy. I, I, I can't do that because it's not really, it's television too. Sure. You, know, you get eight days to do an hour long. I, and I, you come on the set and, and I was shy. People don't talk to you. And then when they see you sitting in a chair later on, when you become friends at the eighth day, they'll say, well, we didn't talk to you because we thought you were getting into your part because you're so quiet. <laughs> I thought you were getting into that serial killer, and I, no, I would just talk to me, please. No, I'm just quiet. And at the end, you and get become friends with everybody. Become friends, and then you sure. leave, go to another set, and then. But after 20 years, then you start knowing the cast, the crew, from other shows. That's that's when it's that's when it's a great time. But if I guess if I had to pick one, I pick uh, probably Millennium. I did. A, Serial killer, a Silence of the Lamb kind of guy. Okay. In Millennium with Lance Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found myself getting into it because he had to be vile. And I ended up breaking my right toe. I have a freakout scene in the middle of this cage in this warehouse. They have me just freaking kicking. And I ended up breaking my toe, two of them on my right foot, the large toe. And I didn't get it fixed. So your foot, I, it ended up being going like this, my toes. You know, yeah. So I have two feet, one like this, one that bends in. And I have like a, and it's hard to get shoes anyway because I have a 17, 17 inch foot. I can never yeah. buy shoes. It's just irritating. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, it's off. But um, I'm going on. Oh, here's a little thing off, offshoot from it. Before I went, I was living in, in Studio City in a place on Fondale. It was a lovely little cottage in the back, and a lady that was renting it, his name is Winnie. This all has something to do with the story. Anyway, I tell her, I got this show. I'm going to go up to Canada, and I'm going to be with Lance Hendrickson. I'm shooting Millennium. And she, she goes, oh, Lance, Lance, you know the place you're renting? He lived there, she said, six, eight years ago. I went, really? Yeah, Lance Hendrickson. He's on this, this, this show. I went, yeah, I'm going to go see him. She says, well, say hi. I go, okay. So I get up to Canada, and they, they take me onto the set, and they, they during a break, they take me over to the director, and people are standing around looking. They introduce me to Lance, and, I, and we shake hands, and I, I take his hand, and I, I, I kind of look. I say, Farmdale. Uh, when when uh, it's in a Studio City apartment, and he, he like, like, what? What are you doing? What are you doing? I said, oh, it's it's just something I have. I, I can shake hands with somebody or I touch them, and I, I get images, and that's what I get from you. Uh, an apartment in Studio City, Winnie Cooper. He goes, that was my landlady in 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 Studio City. You, he, he turns over, he goes. We got a psychic that's a serial killer. Or, no, a serial killer that's a psychic. And everybody's there, and he goes, do it to the director. Oh, no. Okay, so I take the director's hand, and I shake it, and I say, ah, I, see a, I see a series. Uh, Jeremy Roberts is in it. You're, you're doing a series with Jeremy. And he, <laughs> I, 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 have, I laugh, and I have to, I have to explain. Okay, it's, it's not true. I, I just made it up. I, I knew I lived in the same place Lance did. His, his landlady told me all this, and great sense of laugh. He was very friendly, very friendly. He was a wonderful guy, wonderful guy. But uh, it was good that it worked well because then all of a sudden I had a, an in, and everybody knew me, and, and it made that, that ten days up there great. But yeah, I have a habit of doing stuff like that. It seems, man, hasn't worked out. It's bad. funny though. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, it was great at the time. It's funny. I love it. So I keep for that's about a, ten minutes. That's a that's a healthy little prank, though. That's fun to do. That's <laughs> just good times. <laughs> it's 
Sounds like something but I would do. That's then, I think. But that's then why I, I had to be it. this. Okay. But yeah, I had to get into it. But uh, I still turned it off when I went to the trailer. Uh, it was just too debilitating to just be in the mind of some. I can't understand serial killers and people that kill anyway. My wife is a big Discovery Channel watcher. She watches all the murder shows, people that kill, and teenagers mm-hmm. that kill their parents. Of course, we're like, oh, no. Are we next? Uh, so I'm always wondering, <laughs> what's in their mind? Why would you ever kill anyone? What is there, a thrill? So it just didn't work for me to continually be that way. It made my stomach hurt. So I I ate during my breaks. (laughs) I'm a huge foodie. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Food is our friend. No. Um, I agree. Especially cheeseburgers. So, Jeremy. Oh, cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers are the best. Chocolate malts. Fries. Cheeseburger fries and chocolate malts. I I like this guy. I do, too. I really (laughs) want a cheeseburger fries and chocolate milk. Oh man! No, I don't have call out Uber. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, Jeremy, we've really enjoyed talking to you, but I have one final question. I know that everybody has that one show or movie that you know is terribly written or terribly acted or whatever, but you love it anyway. So, a lot of cult classics like Rocky Horror Picture Show are definitely not everybody's cup of tea but have this huge following. So with that being said, what is your favorite cult classic? (laughs) You mentioned uh, Rocky, which I have to say is one of them, oddly enough. Of course. They used to put it on at a theater called the Sunset Theater on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. That show, everybody would dress up. So, yeah, it's one of the greatest. It is. I love Rocky Horror. My husband watched it with me once and rolled his eyes through the whole thing and has vowed to never watch it again. Oh, and Tim Curry was brilliant. Brilliant. I know. Brilliant. He's gone. Yeah. I got him surprised that maybe there just aren't any. Maybe I think everything is good. <laughs> or I, I, okay, don't tell anyone, but um, I love actually. Ooh. Oh, Love Actually is a great show. Let me hear it. I love Actually. Love Actually. That's a great show. My wife and I watch that often. Oh, it is, isn't it? We love it, actually. That's <laughs> what we did there. It's it's probably one of the biggest manipulated shows in the world. They can make you feel every minute. Mm-hmm. I'm chilling. I'm crying. I'm laughing every through the whole thing. Every year I see it. And it's still, I'm a sucker. It's like. Am I ever going to get tired of hearing that song or that line or that? Some people hate it. And I, I, how could you, I can't come up with any others. Name a couple of bad ones. Maybe I can refresh. You give me some. Hmm. Yeah. See, I. (laughs) Dune. Tough question. (laughs) Oh, Dune is a terrible movie. I wish they had, isn't there a good, isn't there a new there is a new, a new version coming out that's, that's supposed exciting. to be better. Supposed to be better, but I'll I'll reserve judgment until. Yeah, well, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it, and I might only be I'm trying it because of Jason Momoa. But I'm gonna try it. Talking about good-looking leading men. There you go. Oh, good-looking guys with abs. <laughs> yeah, I used to have a six-pack. I'm, I think I still have I one in the fridge. It, so it's gone. Exactly. I was just going to make that joke too, Tim. I have a <laughs> fridge, but that's so that's as close as it gets. Um, oh, hey, Jeremy, we're at a point in our show where we like to play a little quiz with the, our, our guests. I can't stand Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, it's. I just got tired of him. He just likes violence. That's all he is, the violence act. Director, and I guess it's maybe there's something in me because I read four times for that part of the uh, Mr. Pink or Mr. White. Um, his Madsen, Michael Madsen, got it. He's the guy who cuts off his ear while he's yeah. singing "Stuck in the Middle with You." Mm-hmm. And then the last time I auditioned for him for that was Michael and me, the only two you had to pick, and he picked the one the go the actor whisperer picked. 
Michael Madsen got it. <laughs> Again, it's because I was there. All and, right. Uh, but I don't care for them that much, so it's, I guess it's not a... Maybe not, not a big a loss for you. I don't watch them. There you go. Yeah. He made a mistake, that's all. <laughs> all right, Jeremy. Sorry, Michael. We're at, uh, we're at a point in, in our show where we like to ask uh, our and run a little bit of a quiz with our guests. Okay? So it's a, it's a five-question okay. quiz. Each of the questions are multiple choice. And this, que- this quiz is all about Jeremy Roberts. Do you know your roles? Okay. So it's, it's nothing deep dive or anything like that. Um, it's, you know, but uh, if out of the five questions, if you get three of them right, we'd like to send you this. I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Uh, this coffee mug. Okay. And is that real? That is real. Is that real? That's real. I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Uh, but we'll definitely so, send you that. Oh, man. The Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund is our parody charity that does actually donate to the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation, which is a real charity that um, they decorate hospital oh. rooms for kids who with extended hospital stays. So we, we, uh, that that oh. logo and design has a tie-in with Excellent. them, with them, and and we've been able to donate money to them uh, with per, when people purchase that that gear and uh, t-shirts and and coffee mugs and hoodies and things like that. And uh, and we've auctioned off a couple of autographed photo autographed photos from other guests. We've auctioned those off and donated the the proceeds from those too. To wish upon a teen as well. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So nice. yes. Yeah. So yeah, so That's if you nice. get three of the questions right, we're going to send you that mug, okay? If you get four of the right. questions right, we're going to send you that mug along with this book called Custodians of the Cosmos, written by our group founder, Drayton Allen. The book is all about a young man who wanted to join Starfleet, but wasn't any good at it, so he washed out and rejoined as a custodian so he could boldly clean up after those who boldly just went. All right. So and and but now those are the those are the good things. Uh, if if you get three and four questions right, if you get less than three questions right, if you only get two, then what we want to yeah. do is take a picture of you, make a meme <laughs> out of you, and put you in our Facebook group. We call it a fun sequence. <laughs> sure. Are you? Are it's you a win okay? situation. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Either way. All right. Okay. All right, All right Kathleen, except for the humiliation out. when I don't get any right. Uh, that's... Well, you know, well, if you completely fail, we will take the quiz <laughs> out of the show and pretend it never happened. <laughs> but if you do get a if you do get a meme made out of you, you're in very good company. Robin Curtis has one uh, from Star Trek three and four. Uh, Dan Povenmire, the co-creator of Phineas and Ferb and Milo Murphy's Law, has one, uh, and a couple other people as well. So y- you will not be alone. We have I had a friend, others, I mean, a, a, a fan, a fan sent me a, a 3D a pop figure of Demetri Valtain. Yeah. I, I guess Ooh. they're called pop. Yeah. With a little bit of head that's all similar round head. And, that's what's all over. Is that what it is, all those? Yeah, that's what's all over. That is what pop. all of those are, our Funko Pops. He has a problem. Oh, I put it in our case in there. Also, there's a, oh, you see it. Well, a gentleman made this for me. Oh, how cool is that? Cool. It's a plaque. USA Starfleet Registry, Francisco Fleet Yards, and it says at the bottom, there's, gosh, my eyes are bad. Wow, he put that right on the plaque. Wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) Nice. Very well done. For For the Excelsior. Eh, hang on. Oh, I know, I know, I know. If you're on a time thing, but this was given to me. Oh, how cool is that? By Frank Dorshin. Yeah. Let this be your last battlefield. That was the episode he did mm-hmm. on Star Trek: The Original Series, the one with a black and white face. Yeah. He played yeah. Bell or L.A. Bell. That is really cool. He ended up uh, later. He died 10, 12 years ago, but he ended up meeting my, my mother, my wife's mother, and. Uh, 
She's actually an actress, was an actress in Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, famous yep. 60s movie. She started dating this guy. Uh, he said She said his name is Frank, Frank Gorshin, and I freaked out because he was my childhood idol. I loved him in The Riddler, and I could make my parents let me stay up at night to watch Johnny see his impressions of Kirk Douglas, Johnny Carson. He was an impressionist. Amazing. But he was the Riddler. And being on the Star Trek thing, and then she ends up dating him. <clears throat> and within a year, he's in our porch having drinks with me. Whiskey. I'm having whiskey with the Riddler. <laughs> and he's planning his wedding. And I'm thinking, the Riddler's going to be my father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe. It. I mean, I was in Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to have a Riddler as the father. Oh my god, it, my life couldn't be any more chilly. Every That's time awesome. I think of these things, he said, "These little things that happen." I went, "You didn't become a star, but this cold." Well, okay, he was already famous. He was already famous, but <laughs> anyway, okay, back to the questions. Well, no, now Tim has well, Tim has a. I got to show, show you this since you mentioned uh, the Riddler. I don't know if you can see that very well, but that's the oh. my Funko Pop from the original Batman series, Riddler. Oh, so, God. He would have been having those. I knew he would have had them. If he, had so. them. he had so a five-pack-a-day habit. Oh, man. Uh, Tim has a bunch of Funkos, and all of his are in boxes still. I have three total, and two of them are in boxes, but one I got on clearance because the box was destroyed. But I have I have my little checkoff. Funko. <laughs> His shirt just registers on my green screen, which is the only problem. But I have my little check off. He sits on my desk. Nice. And encourages me. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. I'm gonna. I've been starting to take pictures with it. My wife says, "Why don't you take pictures with him around town? We'll put you at a bus stop, looking off into the distance with him right here on your shoulder. We'll just put that on the fan page. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Places you go with your pop. That's funny. I love it. I guess somebody sent me says that I I have a, an action figure out there. Lieutenant Dimitri Valtain has an action figure. Oh, I cool! Mean, oh, cool. I've made it. There you go. You have made it. So I gotta get him. Yeah, definitely. I gotta have him send it to me. Absolutely. Let me get one. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So now to the quiz. Did I have to answer any of the questions? No, not yet. You have not yet. But again, we love stories, so it's hard mm. to interrupt you. Um, <laughs> But, all, right. all right, go ahead, Kathleen. Start Question us up. Question number one: <laughs> So you, Jeremy Roberts, are one of how many actors to reprise their movie roles later in an episode of Star Trek? Is it A three, B seven, or C five? There's no D. There is no D. There's no four. Nope. I think four is the answer, but uh, you said three was in there? You said three? Three, seven, or five. And um, this number was... I think it, three then, because I think it's four. I think IMDB says that there are four people. Maybe I'm wrong, though, but... There might be One four other five. than you... The answer is five. Well, that's what I meant. Exactly. Exactly. I, we knew that. I, I totally knew this Fine. one. Yeah. It, it's four other than you. So, yeah, according to IMDb, okay. it's uh, James Cromwell. Yeah. James Cromwell, Boris Lee uh, Croutong. I'm screwing that name up. He was, um, he was the helmsman in art. Okay. Uh, Alice Krieg and Jack Shearer. And then, of course, yourself are the five. Jack Shearer. Mm. Okay. All right. That's so a gimme. That's the that's the gimme. All right. So you got five. So you're <laughs> one for one. All right. So this question you might have to think a little bit about because I'm asking you to tag a Beatles song to the movie The Mask, which was not a normal connection. Which Beatles song describes how the mask gets by Bobby the Bouncer? Is it their song Get Back? B with a little help from my friends, or C. Happiness is a warm gun. Oh, I like C, but I'll pick B. Correct. Yeah, the mask uh, whips out all the money 
And he says, well, uh, how about uh, my friends are on the list? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, he gets by them. Also he gets by the bouncer. Also little... fantastic. One time we were at a hotel uh, and there was this long staircase and I was sitting at the bottom as a break. And I saw him coming down the middle and he starts singing uh, a famous opera, Donne Fa Mobile. And then I started <laughs> singing with him. Same. And we were doing a duet as he walks down the stairs, and, and, and people stopped to watch him. And then we laughed, and then he went on. Great guy. I love people that, you know, aren't full of themselves. There you go. Yeah, definitely. And, Don. <laughs> All right, so question three. All right, question three. How many National Lampoon vacation movies were there before Christmas vacation? A, two, B, five, or C, three? One, two, three, three. Is that a question? Answer? It is an was answer. Three, one of them? Three was one of them. The correct answer is actually two. There were two before National the right before one. Christmas vacation. Yeah, well, you'd, hey, you're two out of three. You're doing really good. Okay, there was Personally, the first one, and then there was the Europe. Europe, PN Vacation, and then the Christmas Vacation um, movie. So it was the third, but there yeah, were two fine. before it. It's all right. European Vacation is actually personally my favorite. All right. Okay. Now, question After four. After Christmas, right. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, that okay. Uh, question four. <laughs> the red shirts in Star Trek are famously always in danger... Because of what series? A, The Next Generation, B, the original series, or C, Deep Space Nine? The original. Very good. All right. That earns you a mug, sir. You're three for four. Go! All right. And question number five. You'll you'll send me information about that place, right? You'll send me information about it. Yeah, I'll send you some links. You know, I always like to. I might send money to them instead of others. That'd be awesome. But My I, mom. <laughs> I, can, yeah, I can put you in contact with uh, with the director of the organization if you like. I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Or just the address. and. Yep. Yeah, I can get you all of that. I'll get you all that after show. All right. And question right. number five. Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered oh. Country, was released in what year? A, 1989, B, 1995, or C, 1991? Uh, 91. Correct. It is 30 years old this year. That means you get the book as well. So we'll make sure that uh, uh, the author puts a little bit of calligraphy in the front of it for you. Make them sign it. Undiscovered Country, unlike Kathleen, is 30 this year. There you go. Look, this is what I got when I when I ended up being in it. Oh, nice! I had to get this because I had to. I'm in it. I couldn't. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm a huge nerd. I mean, I could not believe I'm in the Bible. <laughs> uh, and, and 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 with the podcasts, and I, I had never done anything like this before with Zoom or podcast or interviews. I just didn't. I was working, I retired 12 years ago, and I went back to Alabama to take care of my mother and father, who unfortunately after five years passed away, and we moved back to California, and I was about to start to go back into the business, and the pandemic hit, so now it's, which I don't even know if it's over yet or it isn't, uh, I, I'm trying to get an agent, I'm not really, I'm not trying, but I'm going to get an agent and go back to work, because, awesome. you know, 10, 10 years of retirement was great, but yeah, I'm done. There you go. I've had enough You've got so much more acting to do. I've lost the weight. There is much more. And, and there's so many things on now. I mean, because there's all these extra Hulu, Netflix, Peacock, zippity do. I don't, everything has a series on it. So, mm-hmm. agreed. Just in odds, I should be able to get work. There you go. I agree. And I'll send a picture to Discovery because I think they're missing somebody on their show. Even if it's in an alien outfit, I think I need to be in one more Star Trek. There you go. I must have this in it, the most Star Treks ever. 
if you can't make it to Star Trek, you can make it on the Orville, and that's almost the same thing. <laughs> Actually, that'd be a lot that's of fun that, to get you on the Orville. Hmm? That's with Seth MacFarlane. happening? Yeah. Or, See, yeah. Uh, season three is yeah. being done on Hulu. Oh, it's back. Yep. It's supposed to be coming back. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. They hit kind of a snafu with the whole oh, world certainly. shutting down thing. <laughs> I know. That's How fine. dare this pandemic inter- interrupt our entertainment? Don't they know Hollywood? You know, Jeremy, we have enjoyed having you so much on the show. Can you please let our listeners know where they can find out more about you, your work, and you can put a plug in for whatever else you've got going on, or even just talk to the to the people listening with the hire me and why they should hire you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all we got to do is send them a picture, I'm sure. Of course, I could just go to the office and touch one of them. There you go. Uh, then I'd be famous. No, no, they'd be famous. Dang. All right. Just go touch a well, mirror. I, I, I'm mirror on uh, Jeremy Roberts official. Famous. No, don't, don't touch him here. Yeah. No touching. <laughs> no. Uh, I think I have a, a Jeremy Roberts official uh, thing. There's JeremyRoberts.com. They're working on the make tape and uh, cameo. If uh, Reason you want to call a prolific guest star with magic things I say? I don't know. Having a happy, I, 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 you know, I'm learning all about this stuff. My wife knows this much, and I, I know. I squish her head. I know nothing. I, this is amazing. She has to turn it on and get me in here. And I was trying to, you know, get to the end of your life without learning what a smartphone is. I had a flip phone till like yesterday, so. Fair it's all new to me. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm going to be in a uh, in Hollywood, not Hollywood, but it's uh, in Los Angeles. I'm doing. I'm judging a food contest in uh, West Hills in Los Angeles to help restaurants come back from the pandemic. Awesome. They of course need me to eat their food. There you go. So I gladly eating go. their food makes their food. Pay That'll be on the 30th of October. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. I just remember to put my dead in, I'll be fine. <laughs> you know, Jeremy, we will make sure that we put the link to your Other than that, I'm just, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. At the, they're, they're incredible. You guys, everybody, it's just, uh, I'm humbled the way people have talked to and, you know, I look at it like, uh, yeah, it's work and, yeah, it's, I don't figure them very big or anything about them. I don't really considered that but everybody else does and it's just amazing it made me feel I, uh, i'm gonna cry no i'm not okay i'm fine you can do it I'm fine. i wonderful. can do this <laughs> uh, you know jeremy thank you so much and we will make sure that we put the link to your website in the description and we will let people know about the fact that you can do cam that you will do cameos because why not have one of the most prolific <laughs> guest stars do a cameo for your friend's birthday. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we also we want Chris to... Pine. Yeah, exactly. Hey, who's Chris Pine when you can have Jeremy Roberts? So, all right. So subscribing, you want to remind everybody that subscribing is the most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Jeremy Roberts here, have these amazing stories to listen to, funny moments to share, and uh, little things to laugh and joke around about. So please subscribe. It's going to help out Funny Science Fiction Podcast more than you're ever going to know. And be sure to check out Jeremy's catalog of work. I guarantee you there's something in there that you did not know that he was a part of because, frankly, that's how I found a lot of his stuff. But Holy crap, he was in that. Uh, but you will, trust me, go to IMDb, check out Jeremy's work as well. However, I want to remind you, too, that if you're not satisfied with the content of our videos, All you have to do is submit to our complaint department, the head of our complaint department, in single form. And that, of course, is Bobby the Bouncer from the Coco Bongo. Because if he doesn't have you on the list, his friend Mm -hmm. the Mask can always move your complaint up the list with a few of his friends. Perhaps you know them. Franklin, Grant, and Jackson. 
So don't worry. Your complaint will be handled. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, thanks again, Jeremy. All right, thank you so much, Jeremy. This has been a thank you. It was a pleasure. Fun. Yeah, this has been a ton of fun. I had a great time. Thank you. Pleasure All right, goodbye, you. everybody. Tim. Yes. Yeah. See you in the movie. Goodbye, everybody, and thanks for watching. Yes. Good luck. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the real Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number six. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt to be sent away on a mission with Lieutenant Valtain, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his communicator. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. information about level up lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below on behalf of the rest of the hosts of funny science fiction we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode if you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes please contact us by means of our facebook group funny science fiction you can find us on twitter or instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi or you can go to draytonallen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page thanks again hope you enjoyed the episode Copyright 2020 by Drake and Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at drakenallen at drakenallen.com.